Welcome in. This is the latest episode of the 1796 Sports Podcast. We're going to be doing a little bit of a season review now that the regular season is over. The Vols finished 8-4 and four and took care of business against Vanderbilt yesterday. So, let's go ahead and get into it, boys. What did y'all think about the Vandy win? Uh, Joe Milton stat line doesn't matter. I'm going to just go out and say that. Everyone's saying how good he did. I mean... Vandy sucks. I completely agree with that. I mean, it only took him six years to throw for 300 yards in a game against a horrible opponent. So, I mean, I'm glad he did it, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, so. great guy. I mean, we talked about him in the last podcast. More The moral, hey, you did it, Joe. Josh Heupel, you know, buddy, buddy, uh, got, got his favorite quarterback uh, some yards and some touchdowns. I'm really proud of him. I mean, the happiest person about Joe's performance is Josh Heupel because in his mind, I feel like that performance probably justified him, his whole season of, of playing Joe. So good for them, I guess. You know, I mean, it's kind of – well, I don't really – What pisses me off about it is they're showboating it like on Twitter and stuff. It's like nobody is impressed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. Like, I, I mentioned something to Ryan about it yesterday. It's like, what, why are all our fans, like, all of our fans are acting like, you know, we just did something incredible that should be celebrated for years to come. It's like, we finished with eight wins, and our quarterback had his best game of the year and his last game ever. Like, what what exactly is there to be happy about? I mean – if if Joe did this at the beginning of the year, you know, maybe that's something different, but I just don't understand why everybody is so I mean, this might be controversial, but Jim, I mean, I think you'll see where I'm coming from. Like you're probably the resident biggest Milton fan on the podcast and even you are like have to admit like what are we doing here? Like since when did did mediocre become the standard? Like Ramel Keaton said it today, and I, I really appreciated it because he even said, which granted, a lot of the mediocreness is his fault, but he said today, like, you know, we raised the standard around here. Like, eight and four ain't good enough. Like, the way that we played is not good enough. And a lot of fans agree with that, but then they will defend Joe Milton like he is their brother or something. Like, I, I just, I don't get it. Like, I thought. Tennessee fans, Joe Milton just doesn't say, I mean, I know it's because he's a good guy. We all like him as a person, but I'm tired of having to preface that, you know, I mean, his play doesn't deserve you to take up for him. Right. We, we, we said that this whole season on why he was still quarterback, even like, I wouldn't say after the Florida game, but I mean, after the Alabama game, you could have thought, that you could see either Nico or Gaston Moore play at that point. Yeah, it, the the thing to me is that it's so frustrating that people are, you know, giving him flowers and he's literally crowning himself after running into the end zone while you're up 30 against Vanderbilt. <laughs> like, give me a break, son. I thought that too, dude. I was like, why are you crowning yourself? Like, if you would have done this against Florida and Missouri, I I, I would be crowning you. Like, and everybody else would. Bro, but, I'd, I'd make myself a real crown and, like, try and find him and give it to him. Yeah, but you did it against Vanderbilt. You, like, again, I'm glad he did it on a senior day, whatever. But please, like, it's like Bryce said, caping for mediocrity and him finally doing something in a game that literally doesn't matter, that you were going to win anyway, even if you played Navy Shuler at quarterback the whole game. Like, please get, give me a break. Yeah, I, I mean, it, that's why we're not going to talk about it too much. We're going to go on to, you know, the season review because how how much analysis do we really need to do about destroying a terrible Vanderbilt team? I mean, it, they're horrible. I, they are absolutely horrendous. And it's kind of like 
Jim, I don't know if you remember, but like when we played Austin P earlier in the year and we were winning by like seven points and our players were celebrating after like Austin P threw an incomplete pass. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're barely beating an FCS school and you're bragging about it. Like I, I don't get it. I mean, maybe it's something different when you're a player. I don't know, but it just seems like our players have just weird. I don't know. It's almost, I don't want to accuse them of this, but it seems like it's almost like all about personal achievement or something like I mean, what else – why else would Joe Milton do what he did the other day? Like, it just seems weird. Like, oh, I'm so proud of myself for, for doing good against a Sunbelt level team. Like, I don't know. It just – I feel like it gives the wrong – Something's been off all year, though. I mean, we could all agree. Sure. I don't know if it was just the mental or the, something going on. And I'm not saying there's locker room issues, but there there's something to where a team – almost every important game this year – would come out at, at in the second half and just not do anything. No, and then they act like hot shit when they beat up on terrible teams. It's like Yeah, like you beat Kentucky. Kentucky's not good. I get they beat Louisville, but Louisville's not good either. Yeah, and I mean that kind of I mean Ryan, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Vanderbilt before we move on? I mean, the fight was cool. Yeah, yeah it was. I mean, it uh, were were you there? Were you at the game yesterday? Normal? No, uh, no, I didn't get to go. Well, I was about to fall asleep in that stadium, and then the fight happened, and everybody actually started paying attention. So it instilled some much needed energy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was probably the highlight of Vandy's season was making a couple balls lose their temper. I guess that's what they came to do. But anyway, so that that's how the season ended. It ended with a whimper, not like any of us wanted it to. Um, you know, so it is what it is. We'll go into to now talking about, you know, our thoughts on the season as a whole. Um, the definition of an up and down season, I would say. Now, I feel like it started up and then it went down. Like we got we got to the peak of like we beat Virginia pretty good. We looked pretty decent in that game and then uh austin p and then it was like straight downhill yeah i mean after i mean like you said i think you said it last week jim like after the florida game the vibes were just horrible yeah you win the florida game i mean i feel like this this season was completely different i mean i feel like the alabama game wouldn't have turned out uh, we could have beat alabama i mean you look at Alabama; they almost lost to Auburn, who lost to New Mexico State. Like any, the season's definitely a disappointment. I don't. I'll just go ahead and say that. Well, yeah. I mean, I've 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 said for the last few weeks, eight and four is one of your better seasons in the last fifteen years, but that's not the goal. And us being upset about it is a sign of a good program. I mean, when when you go from eleven and two to eight and four, it's hard to say you're. You took a step forward because you obviously didn't. So I totally agree. It, it is a disappointment. Well, I mean, it has to be a disappointment. And and using the past as like the barometer it is faulty, in my opinion, because, of course, it's better than most seasons we've had. That doesn't mean it's good. I mean, yeah. w- when you start with a pile of cow shit and now you have a pile of pig shit, I mean, you're not really – you know, are you supposed to be impressed with that? You know, it's it's just – I don't understand that logic that a lot of people seem to have where it's like, oh, well, we would have killed for eight and four when we won three games. It's like, well, yeah, but that's not <laughs> – that shouldn't be like the litmus test of it. It should be, you know, compared to our potential. And when you look at the roster that – all the talented players we've had over the last, like, four years and then – you, you, you realize that last year is going to be the high point. I mean, you have every right to be disappointed in that. Yeah, sure. and now, I mean, this offseason is going to tell us everything about this program. I hope we both, we all three of us know that. Um, I feel like if not both Willie Martinez and Tim Banks get fired, one of them's gone. I mean, Willie's at the end of his contract, 
but there's no shot they bring him back. There's no shot. I mean, I mean why? there's absolutely no reason. Do you guys know off the top of your head where Tennessee ranked in pass defense? I mean, probably pretty pretty low. I mean, you had Vandy throwing all over us. I mean, probably, what, 50s or 60s? No, that would be number 80, actually. So we're behind. <laughs> I mean, we did improve. Weren't we like 120 last year? Yeah, but we were also scoring top five in the, you know, so it it looks having the 80th ranked pass defense is a lot worse when you're only scoring like 24 points a game. But we, uh, there, there's no reason Martinez should be back, and honestly, Tim Banks probably shouldn't be back either. But I don't think any of us think that'll happen, do we? No, I, I see Willie being gone, maybe, and Tim Banks staying. That's what. What I think is going to happen. You think Tim Banks staying? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't. I think Willie will be gone. Which, because my thing is, when it comes to recruiting, it's a lot of relationship things. And if you got rid of got rid of Tim Banks and Willie Martinez, you'd probably lose a couple guys. Yeah, I mean, I I've always thought you never should keep a coach based on recruiting. I mean. It, you know, they already have players there, and if they can't coach them, what the hell does it matter if they're recruiting players? So I've always said that, you know, it shouldn't matter, but he's probably keeping that in mind. And I told Bryce this last night, for as much as we talk about Tim Banks, he's up for a Broyles Award or was nominated or some bullshit, which is obviously faulty. But that's probably another thing Hype is going to take into account with, with Banks at least. Well, I mean, he's also never fired an assistant. Yeah, which is, uh, like, I'm honestly, like, I know it's probably not going to happen, which, I, I mean, I hope it doesn't, but I wouldn't be shocked if they were like, oh, Willie Martinez is coming back for one more year. I just don't see it, man, especially when they didn't re resign him after last year. They didn't extend his contract. I mean, I, I hope he's not back. I, I really hope not, but. But like you said, I mean, all these, co I don't, like, I don't know, but. I mean, going past the whole coaches thing, I mean, can we talk about Dylan Sampson at this point? Yeah, I think. I think. Did you see his Instagram story? No, I did not. Well, it was a picture of him, like, in a Tennessee uniform or whatever, and it was Drake's song, I think, saying, hold on, I'm coming home or something. Isn't he from Louisiana? Yeah, he's from Baton Rouge. Yeah, so a lot of people, and I, I kind of tend to think that way. I mean, this dude would be a stud at LSU. Yeah, he would and start. I wouldn't blame him for leaving at this point. All these people are like, oh, there's no way he's leaving. Stop spreading rumors. How's it? It's been a rumor for like a month. How are we, how are we not going to talk about it? I think it's been a rumor like longer More than, than that. that. Yeah, because... Yeah, it's been a rumor since uh, the Florida game, really. Well, yeah. I mean, you didn't play him at all. And then after he single-handedly got you that win in Kentucky, then he got, like, four touches the next, like, three games. And it's like, even last night, he got ten touches at the end of the game when Nico was playing. I mean, how can you not look at that as anything other than Hypo doesn't like him? I don't know if that's – I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, at that – and whenever they ask him questions, it's like he just shrugs it off and goes, oh, he knows that, you know, he's got two people in front of him, blah, 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 and does that whole, like, kick it to the I, side deal. Well, again, other than being a senior, there's absolutely no reason, no football reason Jabari Small should be ahead of Dylan Sampson on the depth chart. Right. And that that's where Josh Heupel – like, it tends to look that way where he just looks at seniority and plays them. Yeah, I mean, I think both of you said this last week, but, like, I think it, there's obviously some merit to it is Hypel doesn't – I don't think he likes to admit when he's wrong. And, mm -mm. I mean, if you look at that, you know, he, he would look – if if Samson I, – I, hopefully Hypel would put the needs of the team above his own ego, which I think he probably would, but – you it, it, you have to be open to the possibility of, you know, he's probably thinking in the back of his head, 
well, I'm going to look like a real dumbass if I start Samson and he gets 200 yards a game. So we better just keep him on the bench. I mean, I'd like to think he wouldn't think that way, but it's kind of hard to come to any other conclusion at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I mean, normally you, you just said it. Like, how do you look at the last two drives against Kentucky and not make him a focal point of your offense after that? I mean, when you look at the season, that's probably your best win, Kentucky on the road, which is a joke. Another reason to be disappointed. Yeah, exactly. It's another reason to be disappointed with eight and four, but he got you that win. Like, offense wasn't doing much in the second half, and Dylan Sampson – put some spark in, in, into the offense. And would that have even happened if Jalen Wright wasn't, you know, nursing an injury in the, in the second half? Who knows? Probably not. So, I mean, it's just – I hope that's not the case, Bryce, that he's worried about being wrong. Because if you're so worried about being wrong that you'll hurt the team, we don't have the, the right guy. Can I tell you all – so this is the thing – other than, you know, obviously we all think he mismanaged Samson. I think we probably all agree he mismanaged the quarterback situation. Yep. Um, the most concerning thing to me about all that is, did you guys know that only Colorado and New Mexico were penalized more than Tennessee? Tennessee was number 131 in the country in penalties. Uh, does that sound like a disciplined team to you? No. I mean, what's well, but to be honest, we weren't like benefited in penalties at all either this year. No, I know. I mean, but even if you take, I mean, even if you take 30 of those penalties away, like say 30 were complete bullshit, we're still in the bottom half, like by comfortably in the bottom half. So, like, the, the thing that yesterday we had 10 penalties, we had 10 penalties yesterday against Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt, home. and Vanderbilt had 10 as well. So, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's parts of the game I didn't watch, but I didn't see anything too egregious yesterday. It seemed like it was pretty even. Yeah. But, like, that's just embarrassing. Like, how can you – and I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he would say the same thing. He has said the same thing about, you know, it's unacceptable. But do something about it then. Like, why is this team – I mean, whether you've had the multiple off-the-field issues this season, uh, every single game we're more penalized than the other team. I mean, obviously there's something going on that's not totally right. Yeah, I mean, we've – ever since Josh, Josh Heupel has gotten to Tennessee, his teams have been, like, one of the most penalized teams in the SEC, if not the country. I mean, we didn't really realize it last year because we were beating people to sleep. But we were taking penalties last year too. I mean, this isn't – Anything new to to Heupel's teams? Well, I wanted to to say that, too. I think when you have an offense that's as prolific as last year's offense was, it kind of covers up a lot of these issues that we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but, I mean, NVF, what do you think? Are you thinking Samson's a goner? Honestly, I don't think they let him leave. Like, there's no way you let him leave because then if he leaves, then your starting running backs could be Cam Seldon. Yeah. Um, I, there's no way. I think I think you have to pull out all the stops to keep him here. Uh, I mean, he is gonna be RB one. He's he's guaranteed to be the the guy next year, and it's just keeping him here because uh, obviously LSU could literally tell him, like, yo, you'll be the RB1 here. You'll get to come home. And, I mean, everyone – I feel like everyone at this point knows he's probably – he's close to being Jalen Wright good. I wouldn't – I don't know if I'd put him above Jalen Wright because how good he did this year, but he's he's close. Yeah. I mean, I I kind of agree with you, normal ball fan. Um, You know, if – if y'all will remember, I mean, Jalen Wright was talking about the same stuff last year at, at the end of the season. Like, he, he, everybody thought he was going to transfer. And then we stepped up and gave him some NIL, and then he had a terrific season. So, hopefully we can do that again for Dylan Sampson. But, you know. I think he's just playing his cards right. Like yeah. you just said, I think he – I think even Jalen Wright's probably in his ear saying, hey, start doing these little things, saying that, like, you're thinking about leaving and you'll get, you'll get a deal. 
Yeah, I mean, it would be stupid not to. I mean, he. I don't blame a kid for weighing his options. It's um, smart. I would do it. Yeah. I mean, and we I, have. He knows. I mean, the Vol Club's got the money. Yeah. Vol so. Club, Spire, whatever you want to talk about. We got the collectives and the people to do it. So. And I'm not saying he's like a million dollar man, but you could give that boy some money, especially with the portal situation coming up. We're going to need to be handing out racks for offensive linemen. Well, if if we can muster up enough money to have, a, you know, billboards and commercials of Joe Milton all over the fucking place, I'm sure we could muster up some for Dylan Sampson. Well, yeah, that's... well, I, I, those are going straight to Nico, though. <laughs> that's yeah. uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about. Did y'all notice who wasn't involved in senior day yesterday? So. Cooper? Cooper and Spragans. Yeah, I, yeah, I, they're I, coming back. Hell yeah. I knew the Spragans more because I y'all had talked about Cooper not not going through the, the night before, and but then I was like, "Where's Spragans?" So look, looks like they're they're both going to be back, which is that's terrible. huge. That's absolutely huge. Now I know Campbell's not coming back. Uh, Potentially, he, I, I've heard from people that that he that people are trying to keep him here. It looked like, yeah, I mean, he could he could obviously change his mind, but he posted something about, like, one final ride or something. Um, yeah. so, I, I think he's projecting first through third rounds, so I, I, I may be wrong on that, but if I was him, I would go ahead and go. But still, I mean, knowing that, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say Spragans and Cooper are our two most reliable offensive oh, linemen. For sure, for sure. Oh yeah, those are those are gigantic pickups. Like, I mean, at this point, if I'm Cooper, I don't play the bowl game. I heal up. I take this whole off season to heal up and get healthy for next year because we need him a hundred percent. Yeah. Because I mean, so, the bowl you know, game is pretty much meaningless at this point. Oh yeah, I'm not putting anybody important. I'm not risking. That. Not even Nico. I wouldn't play Nico. I am not risking Nico getting hurt in a in a Music City Bowl. No, yeah, let, let Joe let Joe crown himself a couple more times. Yes, go go ahead, go go throw yeah. four hundred yards against uh, uh, whoever, because you know, like if we play North Carolina, Drake May is not going to play. There's no way. No, yeah, Drake May is a top five pick, and it's not like Joe Milton's going to sniff the first round. So I mean, he has nothing to lose by playing. So. I mean, Laura, I mean, if, if he's given the option to play, he's going to play. I mean, I kind of want to see Nico play the ball game because you, you would have, you know, nine months if, if he does get hurt. But, you know, la- last year when, when Milton did so good in the ball game, everybody was tricked into thinking, you know, oh, this guy's going to be it. So, I yeah, guess I mean, it, it really doesn't matter if even if he does awesome in the ball game. So, I fully believe that Joe playing in the bowl game last year is the reason we didn't get Sam Hartman, and that yeah. is a hard pill to swallow. Oh, God, dude. What a different season we would have had. I mean, I think it's – yeah. I mean, there's no point hashing, rehashing it now, but overall, what do you all think? Um, you, let's get some main takeaways from this season. So, well – Obviously, we know it's a disappointment, but we'll cut cut out th- that part, I guess. Um, I mean, you said this season. We're not talking about anything else. No, yeah, just your takeaways from the eight and four regular season. Um, well, <laughs> play calling's got to be fixed. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he let Halsey call all the plays. I don't. I don't know. No one knows because I don't. I. I just don't think Josh Heupel was calling the plays. There's no way. After last year, there's no way he was calling the plays. So that's like a main focus of what I would get done after seeing that this year. I think that's our biggest downfall. Uh, I think uh, our secondary's got to get better. Um, it. I think it was improved. I think Kamal getting hurt really made it step back a lot. But um, overall, like. I'm not disappointed with the team. I'm more disappointed with the the administration part of this season, if that makes sense. No, that totally agree. Ryan, what what do you think? I mean, to me, this season, you shot 
a bogey, meaning you lost one game that you shouldn't have lost. I mean, you, you can argue that you shouldn't have lost at Missouri the way that you did, but once you saw the teams going into that matchup, it was not a stretch to say that, you know, that that game is a game that you shouldn't have won. So I'm going to say we only lost one game. We weren't supposed to win. But, you know, at some point you're going to have to win games that you aren't supposed to win. Like the the coaches in the program at Tennessee, it comes down to three games, Florida, Georgia, Alabama. If well, Ryan, let me if, – if, if you can't beat those teams, you're not going to have a, a good season. And that's what happened this year. Yeah, let, let me jump in real quick. I just wanted to say – that's exactly why I'm not happy about the Vandy game because that's exactly what you should do against Vanderbilt. Like that's nothing to be bragging about or happy about. Yeah, for sure. So at some point, like you said, perfectly said at, at some point, we're going to have to start winning games. We shouldn't. And we kind of did in 2022, you know, with Bama, but then we screwed it up by losing to South Carolina. So it's like, if we could ever have a season where we win the game for supposed to win and sneak out one or two we shouldn't, you know, then you're looking at something special. Yeah, and it's going to be a lot easier next year if, if you do that. Even if you win just one game you shouldn't win, you're going to be 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two and be playoffs probably. So, You're talking about next year? Yeah, for the, the, the 12 team. Oh, I, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't think we're gonna do that well next year. You know, my it's kind of like your uh, fixes. You know, play calling all that. Um, I definitely agree with the play calling. I think we need to, like we mentioned earlier, the penalties have to get fixed. Need to shore up some spots, and if we do all of that, I expect us to make the playoff. That should be the expectation for next year. I think. Um... You know, the thing about next year, I, I do think our non-con is incredibly easy. I mean – other, other than NC State. NC State will be a tough game. It, that'll be tougher than Virginia. But Chattanooga, Kent State, and UTEP – I mean, Kent State and UTEP are two of the worst teams in Division One. In uh, Chattanooga's in the FCS. So, I mean, you know, and plus – NC State's at a neutral site. I mean, it's in the Panther Stadium, so that'll probably be at least fifty percent Balls fans. Yeah. But hopefully, I was going to ask all about this. So, all three of us think the play calling was weird. Like, it's not just a personnel issue, like a roster issue. Like the play calling sucked this year. And you know, do you think Hypel would be willing to admit, like, make a change there? Like, I know. Nobody really knows if Halsey calls the plays or not. But, like, why would you not bring in someone like Dana Holgerson who just got shit-canned from Houston? Uh, you know, usually his this team – they had a bad year this year, but usually his team scored like 60 points a game. Like, why would you not call in someone like that just to see if that works? I mean, it can't hurt. Yeah, I mean, at least as an analyst or something. I mean – I still hold, you know, as far as play calling, I still think it came down to Milton. But, you know, you could also say that maybe people are figuring out Hypel's offense. After See, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's that because you can't – I don't think you can really blame Joe Milton for it because, like me, like Jim said the other week, either Hypel forgot how to call plays or he doesn't trust Milton. Either way, it's his fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't trust Milton to if you if you can't use your full playbook with Milton, then he shouldn't have been playing in the first place. Yeah, I, well, I definitely agree with that. Not, going back to it though, and I brought this up before, like I noticed like the tempo was way slower this year. Like it, I don't think it was just the play calling. I don't know if it was the guys being out of shape. Or just not being up tempo like we were when Hen and Hooker was quarterback. It was non-stop. You'd get a a two-yard gain. It was two seconds. Play was going off. Like it. It wasn't like like this year. It was more. Oh, I'm gonna go slow. We're gonna get up to the line fast. Well, I mean, I don't know. 
I get I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks that way, but I thought it was way slower than last year. Yeah, it's, it's undeniable. And you know, I I hate to blame it on Milton again, but I don't think he's comfortable going that fast. I mean, I, I noticed yesterday, you know, because I re- I was really just paying attention to how everything worked. I wasn't really worried about the game. Like he looks to the sideline a lot. Like even when we get good good gains, it's not just on third downs. Like I don't think he has as good of a grasp on the offense as Hennon Hooker did. I think Hennon Hooker was put on this earth to run Josh Heupel's offense. I think Hypo is more of a manager. I'm sorry. Hooker knows how to manage an offense better. I I think Milton is 100% a quarterback that has to have competent coaching and a very specific type of coaching. Obviously, Hypo's competent. I just mean Milton has to have a coach and a game plan that is catered to his strengths. And Hypo's ideal offense is not really catered to Milton's strengths. Yeah, and another thing that makes me think that is when Nico went in the game in the fourth quarter, we were running mock speed. I was just about to say that. Yeah, like, don't y'all think the offense just looks more fluid with Nico? Well, Nico just looks like a more fluid quarterback in general. I mean, even with him in the pocket, his decision-making, it was just like, wow. The kid was quick on his feet. He'd get pressured. He'd get out of the pocket. He could throw on the run. It was like... He would make a decision quick. There was one play where Joe could have took off like and got a 40-yard run and just threw it away. And yeah. it was like Nico would go run, and a smart quarterback, you go run, get five, six, seven yards, and slide. That's it. Call it dead. Get up. Get back on the line and run your next play. But, like, I don't know. I think you're whoever – I can't remember who said it, but I feel like Joe is just I, – I wouldn't say – He's not slow. I mean, the guy's a smart guy. It's just I feel like football-wise, it's just comes a little bit slower to him. Yeah. You know, another thing I I noticed about Nico, and you kind of alluded to it, Normal, he just has a sixth sense, a a clock in his head. Like if something's not happening within a certain amount of time, he's taken off. Like easy, simple. And, you know, when he he had his little scramble for, for a first down, another thing he did was hold the ball out for another yard, yard or two as he was going out of bounds. Like, just simple stuff that makes me think that his football IQ is off the charts. Oh, yeah. And you know who he really reminds me of? And I thought about it after watching him today. He reminds me of C.J. Stroud. C.J. Yeah. Stroud in the NFL. I was wa- just watching him today. He'd get pressured. He knew he had to get out of the pocket. He'd run around a little bit. He'd find something. If he didn't see anything, he threw the ball away. That's yeah. it. That reminded me of Nico because Nico would do that. Joe would just throw a 90-yard bomb hoping someone would catch it inside and then throw an interception somehow. You know, yeah, twice yesterday he threw it deep down the field when the guys were obviously covered, when he had people underneath for decent gains. Probably both of them would have been first downs. The second one was horrible. He had like 20 yards of space in front of him and squirrels sitting on the sidelines waiting to catch a first down pass, and he launched it downfield in the triple coverage. Like yeah. he chose the worst option out of the three. Could have ran for a first down, could have passed for a first down, but he threw it in the triple coverage. And that's where you got to look at the positive side, you know, going into this next season. I feel like, you know, I feel like we're getting an upgraded quarterback, hands down. Yes. And uh, if Dylan Sampson doesn't leave, which I don't think he will, but um, if he does, I mean, we'll have a decent running back. Cam Selden's not bad. And uh, he's just young. But if Dylan Sampson stays, I mean, you're keeping a great running back and that matches what you had. Um, I I feel you got Squirrel White coming back. You probably have Brew McCoy coming back. When we talked about Cooper Mays and, and Spraggins and was saying Mike Matthews should be playing, like do not sit him a year. Even Braylon Staley too. I feel like he should get some playing time. But anyway, we were talking about our schedule next year. Yeah. yeah, like Ryan was saying, he's not really – there's nobody as of now. Like, who knows what will happen in the portal. But there's really no quarterbacks that terrify you. I mean, as a cursory glance at the schedule, other than the two teams that you're probably going to lose to anyway. Yeah, I mean, Arkansas is losing KJ. Oklahoma's losing Gabriel. Well, KJ might not go now, though, because he does have a year of eligibility. Um 
I mean, maybe. And that, that game is in Arkansas. I mean, but just going on down the list, I mean, Florida's losing Mertz. Kentucky's losing Leary. And then you play Mississippi State and Neyland. That should, should be an easy game with a first-year coach. So, I mean, the schedule set – I mean, the, it's like you said earlier, Bryce, the non-con is just about as easy as it was this year. And then you have an easier conference schedule. I mean – I mean, I think the playoffs should be the goal for, for next season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not negative towards next season at all. Um, especially, I think it's huge. If if they do, I mean, they could change. But Spraggins and Mays coming back, is, it makes me feel a lot better. Um, you know, but we were talking about receivers. You know, Dante Thornton didn't participate in senior day, so he might be coming back makes the room a little deeper, I guess. I mean, I wasn't too impressed by him, but. Yeah. I mean, you, you're the, the hope is with another year in the system, he can turn into a productive player. That That's the hope, at least. I mean, but it's like we were just talking about Mike Matthews should be a contributor immediately. You got to swirl back. I mean, and Nimrod and Webb are continuing to grow. I mean. I think we'll be fine at receiver, even if you don't add something through the transfer portal. It's definitely the secondary that I think we're all concerned about, right? Yes. Yes. Which we have the young guys for. It's just the coaching has just not been fantastic. The coaching's been abysmal, and we we definitely need, um, I, I would say, at least one or two veterans out of the portal that, you know, could – help the young guys get acclimated back there. It would be nice. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I just want to say this, you know, reviewing this season, I think the number one takeaway for me, and I know there's a lot of takeaways you could have, but the Kentucky – I'm sorry, the Florida loss, it, it just gets harder and harder to stomach each week. And the fact that, like – Florida is not even going to be in a bowl game, and that is the team that we let send our season on a downward spiral. It's just inexcusable. Like, you would have felt – you still would have been pissed, and you still would have felt like you should have won it. But if Florida ended up as an eight-win team, you know, you'd feel a little bit better about it. But the fact that, like, they turned out to be a, a terrible team – it just makes it that much more inexcusable. Yeah. It's just we get we, – we pissed on our leg when we go to the swamp. And when we go there in two years, I'm not going to pick us to win. I've, I've learned my lesson. Like, there, there's no point in picking that win until we actually do it for the first time in 20-plus years now. So, it's just frustrating. I mean, that's the, the last time we played in the swamp, they finished 4-8 and eight in 2021. Like, we just don't win there for whatever reason. And that's – until we can beat Florida consistently, this program is going to continue to be average at best. That's that's just the bottom line. I think um, another thing that has been bothering me lately is, like, the, at, the whole attitude where, like, uh, if you're a true fan, you can't criticize the team. That is such a loser mentality. Like – Anybody who is who is disappointed with eight and four or disappointed with this season or, you know, if you thought that Joe Milton, you know, kind of <laughs> ruined the season to some extent, like if you think like that, you're classified as like a bad fan or like a negative Nancy or something. And it's like, um, well, you know, we all give our money to this team. I mean, either that or we're alumna of the school. And it's like if we can't criticize them – you know, then who can? It's like, I don't understand. I don't understand that mentality of like, we should just be grateful for what we have. Like, no, this is, this is Tennessee. This isn't Vanderbilt. Okay. Like we should be allowed to criticize our players. We should be allowed to be unsatisfied. And I just don't understand the Vols fans who are like trying as hard as they can to squeak out some inkling of positivity. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly positives to be had. I mean, you, you, went eight and four with a quarterback that you either didn't trust or just wasn't good enough to win you the 
the the swing games, and you went eight, eight and four. Whatever, that's fine. That's a lot better than we have been in the past. But like you said earlier, we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to the, you know, the dunderheads that were here in the last fifteen years. Like we're obviously yearning for more than that. So well, and like, who cares? I, totally agree. I totally agree. Well, and like, who cares about the? You know, again, I'm going to stress this. I like Joe Milton. I think a lot of him as a person. But honestly, like, if I see one more tweet about Milton had the chance to leave twice and he didn't do it, it's like, okay, who cares? Like, what, what did, what, what did he accomplish by staying here? I mean, we're, it might have been better for his career if he didn't stay. Like, I, I just don't understand that attitude. It's like, yeah, it was definitely cool of him. He could have left us high and dry. Um, and, you know, I wish the best for him going forward. But to act like, you know, he, he's just this incredible hero for staying twice, it's like, okay, like, well, guess what? We're eight and four. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I respect th- – this is going to sound outlandish to both of y'all probably. I respect Jarrett Garantano more than I do Joe Milton. Uh, uh, I don't know uh, about that one. That, okay, listen. Hear, hear, hear me out. He got bludgeoned by lines that were horrible every time he started. And he was hated by the fan base. Like, hated. He's probably never going to show his face in Knoxville again. And he never said a disparaging word about the fan base or anybody. And he also stayed. And... He threw for 400 yards in a game once, and he was coached by people who had no fucking clue what they were doing. Like, I, I, I don't see how people shit on JG all the time and then put Milton up on a pedestal. To be fair, though, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. Like, I get what you're saying, but it's also, there's also a, a possibility that they're both overrated and they both suck. Not maybe they don't both suck. Joe Milton is, I, I mean, you might disagree with me, but I, Joe Milton is 10 times better than JG. I put a poll out there, and thankfully, most people agreed that Joe Milton's better. Um, but JG, the all the proof he needed about JG is that he transferred and didn't start there either. So, I mean, it's not like he was some amazing talent like Alvin Kamara that was just held back by shitty coaches like. No, he just was a shitty quarterback. Like it wouldn't have mattered. We weren't. We wouldn't have won eight games with JG this year. I tend to think we probably would have if, if you put him in this offense. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like <laughs> sure. At this point, <laughs> I mean, well. I I just don't the 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 the, the main point of, of of the JG and Milton comparison is I just don't see how like it's like we've been talking about. People just putting Milton on this, like, uh, on deity levels and then shitting on JG for all those years. Like, they really aren't that much different of quarterbacks. Milton is definitely put on a pedestal that he shouldn't be. But I I still think I, – I still think he deserves more than JG. <laughs> and I think he's more likable, too. Like, I don't know. I just – but anyway, I mean, it's kind of beating a dead horse. Um, NVF, did you have any more thoughts on this season? Not really. Uh, before we ended it, I kind of wanted to do um, like a prediction for next season's uh, record, but before the off season, you know, happened, so we could look back to this podcast and see what changed after we get towards the you know first episode of next season. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I know we don't know the order, but we know the teams we're playing. So, I mean, we go in, like, just any order. I mean, the non-conference, to me, I feel like the only game we we could lose is NC State. Yeah, if you lose any of the other non-cons, we got major issues. Yeah, they're all at home, too. So, I mean, if you lose those, your your season's not going to be good. So, we'll, we'll say 4-0 because I feel like we should beat NC State, too. So we can say we're four and there, which is good. Um, but I mean, at, we'll start with the away games. Yep. Going to Arkansas, what do you guys think? 
win. It should be a win. Now we are we thinking though is Pittman still going to be there? Probably. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got some buddies that are connected to Arkansas, and the general consensus is he will be back. Now, I yeah. think that's pretty stupid, but I mean, if if they were going to fire him, they would have already done it, probably. That either way, I mean, either way, I, I we recruit at a higher level than Arkansas. We have a better caliber player than Arkansas. I mean, that that should be a win. Yeah, I mean, now nowadays, if you don't fire your coach before the end of November, you're way behind the eight ball with the early signing date. So he's probably going to be there. Okay, so we're saying that's a win. Yep. yep. Okay. Um, so we'll just say five and all at this point. Uh, I think this one's a loss, but we're going to Athens. Yeah, we'll go ahead and say loss for now. Yeah, until they prove otherwise. I mean, it's hard to predict that we're going to beat a team that's won 30 games in a row. Yeah, I honestly don't. I think no matter what happens this offseason, unless we get, uh, like, you know, no fans at the stadium or something type advantage, then I think that's a loss no matter what. Yeah. Um, but, all right, well, now we're going away to Josh Eipel's old stomping ground, Oklahoma. You know, I think that is the biggest game of the season. Um, Depending on when it is. Yeah. But, I mean, either way, I think that's going to be the swing game this year, whereas Florida was this year. Um, like, the Josh Hype was going to have something for Oklahoma. And it just depends on if Nico can rise to the occasion. So, Which I think he can. I think he has yeah. what yeah. it takes. I mean, for now, with Gabriel leaving and Nico coming in, I mean, I have no idea what their roster looks like, but Oklahoma's kind of faltered against teams they should have beaten this year, much like us. I mean, they've kind of had the similar month of November. So, I'll for now, I'm going to say win, just just trying to be optimistic. Okay. Bryce, what do you think? I I mean, I agree. I think – after that game is over, at the end of the 2024 season, that'll be the game that we look back to one way or the other as like the precipice, like turning point. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Hypel kind of end on bad terms with Oklahoma? He hates yeah. their athletic director. Yep. yep. Okay. He, well, he, he he was blamed for um, Trevor Knight, and it was a bunch of horseshit. Well, Trevor in Knight. that case, I think. You're totally right. Hypo is going to want to shove it down their throats. So I, I I could see us going in and winning that game. Yeah. Is it is Gabriel coming back? I mean, let's. I don't think he is, is he? I doubt it. Because I, I thought the Arnold kid was going to be playing. Yeah, so he can come back. Um, he has one more year of eligibility if he wants to. And with the way that Drake may has kind of shit the bed in the last month, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gabriel grades out as like a second round pick. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I could see that, but anyways, we're saying that that's a, I, I, I consider that game a toss up. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, we're going to win the Vandy game cause that's a home game anyway. Um, yeah. We're going to checker Vandy's new stadium. Um, but anyway, going to the home games, I mean, we'll start with the easiest one, um, Mississippi State. When? I mean, if, if you end up losing to Jeff Levy in his first year with the depleted roster, that's, that's not a good sign. So, um, Well, and Will Rogers is entering the transfer portal too, so who knows who their quarterback's going to be. Yeah. I mean, which they, they could just – could get somebody decent, but I still think you should pull, pull out that win. No, I agree. I think that's a that's a win. Um, but then you got Kentucky at home. Yeah, well, we'll go ahead and say win there too, especially with – I mean, Stoops almost left. I mean, I think he would have if A&M's fans didn't. Kind <laughs> that's of, a fact. They, he probably would have been an A&M's coach today if they didn't have a full-on ride on their message boards. So – that's hilarious, uh, though. We got to respect a good uh, 
a good fan base uprising. They were asking us how to do it. Yeah, that's hilarious. And they executed it to perfection at, at the time of day that the news dropped. <laughs> I, I forgot who it was on Twitter. I think it was Big Orange Punch where he was like, uh, find find a the big donor and get them involved. And I'm pretty sure they did because they literally, like, f- within the hour, it was like, no, I, I love Kentucky. I'm I'm never leaving. <laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine being Mark Stoops right now, by the way? He thought he was about to get – he thought he was about to double, triple his salary and go live in Texas with no state income tax. Just for 30 minutes later, he finds out he's stuck in that shithole state for at least another year. And and he has to act like he loves it there. There's no shot where he's just like, yeah, I love this football program. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that that was a publicist-written tweet for sure. So – but anyways, we'll move into the next game. Uh, Florida Gators come to town. If it's in Knoxville, it's a win. It is. I, it is. And yeah, I know. I'm just. I feel confident in that too, Bryce. Um, you know, I mean, they, their, their recruiting class is decent right now, but with them coming in Eland, and our recruiting class being right behind them at the moment, you should be winning that game. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say win as well. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we got to look forward to this off season because I mean he's he's questionable too uh, coming back. Uh, some bad Billy. So I mean you got to look uh, into that and see if that happens. So, um, but anyway, and we all know which one's coming up the third Saturday in October. You got Alabama coming to town. Oh yeah. So again, it's kind of hard for me to. It's kind of hard for me to, like, in good faith, predict a win. Yeah. I mean, Melrose going to be back, and we're going to be having a freshman quarterback that's going to be taking lumps. So I'll uh, predict a loss for now, but – and that should round out our predictions, correct? Yeah. So my – like, it's like I said earlier, like, you, you have three losses on this schedule that – like if you're being pessimistic, are no doubt losses in Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, but the rest of them, you should win. Like so, nine and three should be a cakewalk next year. And if you win one of those games that are you know either toss ups or ones that you shouldn't, you should be in the playoffs. So, so that's why I'm confident in saying that the goal should be making the playoff. What- I'll go so far as to say this: eight and four next year. Complete and utter failure. Somebody needs to be fired if, yeah. if that happens. Um, I, I don't think it will, but eight and four next year would be completely unacceptable. Anything less than nine and three is just completely, completely unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, what do you think? Uh, so the way I look at it, and I'm trying to be as realistic as possible um, with, uh, you know, pretty much a freshman starting quarterback. I'm thinking honestly, and I, it hurts my soul. And I could, like I said, this might change after this off season, after the portal and all that. But I think our ceiling's eight and four. I, I honestly can see us easily losing four games. Who, who would you say? So obviously the three, but who, who else would you see us losing to right now? So uh, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, um, and honestly, I could see us losing to Florida too. Now Florida does have even a, NC State. NC State's a throw up too. Florida does have an incredible recruiting class, and you know who knows what they'll do at quarterback. Well, but like I said, this could change. I'm going off of like I'm saying Florida's win. That's why like, I, but nine and three is very possible. But it all depends because you got to remember. I mean, it all depends on what they do in the portal too. So. Yeah. Florida could go get a, a a crazy good quarterback in the portal and just be, you know, shock the world. Who knows? But that could be us too when it comes to offensive linemen and defensive line. Who knows? So right now, I think eight, I, I'm I'm gonna stick with eight and four. See, I I think in the in year four of a program, you should be beating a team that's three years in a row of not making a bowl coming into your stadium. That's that's how I look at it, and I, know oh, I agree. 
that, yeah. that might be oversimplifying. I think you should be beating the ACC team at a neutral site. So, I mean, like it's like I said, I think nine and three should be a cakewalk. And it's like I said earlier, like you, you, you went, you shot one over this year. You, you had, you had a bogey against Florida. Like if you end up getting a birdie next year, beat Oklahoma or Alabama at home, I'm, I'm not even going to entertain beating Georgia and, and Sanford. But if you end up winning one of those games that are a toss up or, you know, one that you should lose, like, I mean, even nine and three might get you in the playoffs next year, depending who who, who you lose to and where they end up. So that should be the goal. That those are my thoughts on on, on the schedule. Well, all right, we have it there. I mean, like I said, I thought that'd be fun to come back on and be like, "Oh, well, you said this," and let's say we magically like go like ten and two, eleven and one. <laughs> we're just like we're just talking smack about us way in advance. There you go. There you have it. Hey, um, before we get off here, I kind of want to do a little Maui recap and see what y'all's thoughts are on 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 how we fared. Let's do it. Oh Ready? shit, Ryan! Real real quick. Yeah. So, did y'all see A uh, and M is officially hiring Elko? There you go. That's who I said. This is a way better option to you last night, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense. Also, Vanderbilt has had like five players join in the portal today, including their quarterback. Yeah. Wait, who? Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has had like five starters join the portal today. (laughs) But is one of them Will Shepard? I haven't seen him yet, but. I'd be surprised if he didn't. I don't know if he has eligibility left, though. He might not. Ken Seals. We need a backup quarterback. <laughs> well, we kind of do. I mean, you'd have Mark Liger as your backup next year if you don't. So maybe. But anyway, Maui Invitational. Sorry, Bryce. Let's, let's let's hear your thoughts on on Maui. I think it's disappointing. Um, you know, I mean, losing to Purdue is one thing. I think that wasn't too surprising, but I was hoping we'd win the third place game. I mean, yeah. What do, you know, what do you... yeah the, to me, I mean, it, it kind of exposed our, our weaknesses because you played two of the best big men in the country. You played uh, Zach Eady and Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. And they kind of had their way on drawing fouls and, you know, putting up points. And But to me, it's not too much of a disappointment when you play the number one and number two teams in the country in less than 24 hours and you only lose about 13 combined points when you had horrible shooting nights in both games. So I think it's a good thing to have those experiences early and hopefully we, we can notch a big win in Chapel Hill on, on Wednesday. I don't think North Carolina is that good. So, yeah, I, yeah, think I mean, I'm not, I'm not like totally like out on the season or anything. I just, I, like I said before in our preview for the Maui, I thought it was going to be kind of, it was possible that we could get exposed a little bit with, our big situation and it kind of did. So. Yeah. I mean, and it's like I said, like we didn't shoot well at all in either of those two games. So if you had even a decent shooting night, you're probably coming down to the wire with both of them or even winning against both of them. So I, I still feel good about the team. What are your thoughts on that, Jim? Uh, I was, I mean, disappointed as well, but you had to look at it on the bright side too. I mean, we lost to the number one and number two teams in the country. Um, and we only lost to Purdue due to foul trouble. Yep. Um, that's the only reason. And then Kansas, the only reason you lost that game is the second half. You couldn't hit a shot. Like, literally, you couldn't buy a bucket. So um, I think you clean it up. I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Ryan. I feel like you get these two out of the way. It's a great learning experience. Um and I think they'll take advantage of learning that against two really good schools to play. And uh, hopefully we'll beat North Carolina and hopefully we move on to, you know, conference play and have no trouble. At this point, I'm not worried about Arkansas. I don't know. And we'll get into this when we talk more basketball. But, like, still, a lot of teams that we were worried about before the season even started, I'm starting to think otherwise. Yeah, I mean – it's like I said, you basically played two Elite Eight games 
in less than 24 hours. Uh, I think those were Final Four games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're also playing in a gym that has a NBA three-point line for, for no reason. <laughs> exactly. We were shooting NBA threes when we didn't have to be, so I think that factored in too. But, you know, uh, it's, it's like we, we, we all kind of agree. It's it's disappointing a little bit, but we're still in a, a pretty good spot to make some hay in conference play. So, so yeah. But uh, you guys have anything else you want to talk about? Um, I do have one thing. That is go Vols. Go Vols. <laughs> go Vols forever. <laughs>